Now, will he recognize you right off the bat? Nope. Really? It's been a long time, probably 10 years since he's been in. I bet he won't recognize. Well, he did like my Alan Alda impression. That might be what he remembers. Because that made him giggle. But who remembers? Oh, hello. There we are. John, move in so we can see you. There he is. What the hell, John? Hi, Kevin. How are you? (laughs) Sorry. Good. I don't like getting too close nowadays. Yeah, I don't blame you. (laughs) The Caliendo Cast. With Frank Caliendo. John Holmberg. Scott Long. And the rest of the Caliendo crew. It's the most important podcast in the history of Western civilization. So, do you you might not remember John? Um, of course you do. John actually, <laughs> John's a big radio guy in town here in Phoenix. And uh, what what was the interaction you had with John? The, the the thing I remember, you came in. It's been about ten years since you came in, and I don't blame you. But the uh, uh, we talked about something, and I said I did a, a, a minor impression of you, which was just the words "Everybody, calm down." And you started laughing because you said that's the name of my production company, which is Calm Down Productions or something like that, or was at the I, time. Uh, it, uh, over ten years ago, would have been the name of the production company because it was with the ex-wife, and that's oh, well. See, I'm glad. Well, this is why you haven't come back in a decade. <laughs> this is, I, I always find that nerve. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Everybody, calm down. Everybody, yeah. calm down. But then we, we were. <laughs> I just beamed. What you usually? John is usually the one that makes the interviews better, and now he's just destroyed us. Oh my goodness! No, no. I, listen, we it was amicable. It was. Gosh, twenty years ago, and um, uh, the new production company is Power Nap. So I didn't change that much. <laughs> that's that's oh, better. Everybody, power. Everybody, nap. just lay down. Yeah, I don't. I haven't done it in every, but I did it, and you started laughing. That's my production company, and we started like it was an odd little connection. So now I don't do it. I don't do it anymore since I read the news. But I think it's important that you know. It's been 20 years, not 10. <laughs> there's no way. That can't be true. Now, now, there's a chance I might have said, and you didn't remember, or neither do I, um, that was the name of my That could be. Company. It might have been a past yeah. tense situation. I just ran yeah, with it. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Well, let's go with that in any way, because... Uh, yeah. I'm just enjoying yeah, this yeah. thoroughly, because usually I'm the one in the awkward spot in this. No, I... I and he doesn't care. I he doesn't no have awkward. emotions. Yeah, I, so. <laughs> Being a sociopath pays off in so many ways, and this is one of them. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Oh, Me too, man. Mr. Spock. Now, when we met, when we actually met face-to-face was on a talk show. I'm trying to think, was it... It was either Conan or Letterman, or I think it was probably Letterman. Um, you were you were sitting. It was a weird booking. I thought it just by anybody who goes and does is known for impressions. I don't know if you dislike this, and you're known as an actor. But I'm known as an impression guy. You're known as an actor. But uh, going back to your uh, origin story of doing impressions, I believe in San Francisco. Correct. Continue. Small Jews for four hundred. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was I was happy to see we were about the same height. I was twice your width, but when when we when we're there, uh, but I remember just going and uh, I went up and I believe you had known who I was. Uh, you're a huge. You actually, I feel awkward about this because this is just honest. And I'm telling you the truth. You're probably an influence that I don't mention enough. Um, huh. You're I, your I, chance. I go to say that again. Now's your chance. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I go to. I usually go to Carvey, Robin Williams, 
and I know they're very different, and it seems everybody's from San Francisco. Um, yeah. Well, but, Dana and, and I started out together at the same time, the late 70s. And, you know, we learned, and we both admit this, our Johnny Carson from Rich Little, uh, our Richard Nixon from David Fry. You know, we needed people to crack the code, even Frank Gorshin's Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas, you know. Um, and then you, as you became famous for doing certain voices, we all became famous for doing certain voices. Um, you know, if if you Google the phrase Christopher Walken impersonation, uh, depending on the day, on average, over 60,000 search answers come up. Wow. There are five pages dedicated to Asians doing Christopher Walken. <laughs> and they are hilarious. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, so... You know, I, I in my act, I, I shared this information and said, I have the lamest brag of anyone you know, which is in that search, uh, I come up first. Now, that in $7 will get me a coffee at Starbucks. You know, this is <laughs> worthless uh, billing. Um, but it is, you know, it's become so pedestrian to do certain impressions. So I think you, I, Carby, all of us, we all learned most of them from someone there was a moment when Dana was on Saturday Night Live and we were talking, it was very early on, and we were talking midweek on the phone back when people used the old-timey telephone. And I said, uh, who, do they ha- who do they got you doing this week? And he said, Ross Perot. And at that point, Ross Perot had only appeared on Larry King once or twice. And I said, Ross Perot, how are you going to do that? He said, well, they've got a tape of him on Larry King and I'm just going to watch it. And- and so we both had seen Ross Perot on Larry King. So we we both started riffing a Ross Perot. And by the end of the conversation, we both had nailed Ross Perot. <laughs> and then I said, well, this stinks because Saturday <laughs> you're going to become famous for doing Ross Perot. And I'm just some jerk doing Dana Carvey's Ross Perot. You know, I mean, in fact, Dana nailed it by he would his you know, he always had some little um uh, comment that was the key in you know and his was Larry can I finish yeah. Larry Larry can I finish <laughs> and mine was Ross Pro had an analogy for everything and they never made sense <laughs> and so I, I had fun with that which was the economy is like peanut butter see <laughs> if you feed it to a horse and it chews on it it'll look like he's talking <laughs> <laughs> you know but but there you know you just kind of sounded out you know and and so yeah I, it makes sense that you would give credit to, to dana and robin and well it's not that I, I, I just I, it's not even i just I, I realize that i'm going to start doing that more and by the way you just described your <laughs> <My> life <laughs> john holmberg and me te- we actually do it via text a lot of the time now so you we, learn impressions on text yeah we go right. text we, t- we figure out the phrases and then mm-hmm. we go back and forth by just sending uh, the recordings. audio clips. Yeah, yeah, recordings. And I give him a lot. I give him a lot of credit. Um, <laughs> not all of it, but uh, but a lot of credit. And we we kind of work them out constantly yeah. between us. And then right. when I go on his radio, when I go on his radio show, everybody's like, "You're just doing John." Yeah, and then when they he think goes everywhere else. He goes- only in Phoenix am I the one who gets credit for the impressions. And then Frank comes on, and they start, "Oh, you're doing John's impressions." And I'm like, "Aha! If you only knew." <laughs> we just keep going back and forth on it. But we, uh, to the disdain of my wife now, who can't stand Jim Nance, who she never knew prior to the last two weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it has been nonstop, like at the house, whenever I'm in the kitchen, looking at her, going. 
And now, along with my good friend, Tony Romo, and then he's doing it. And I was oh, bringing Jim, Adam it's West. incredible. And I'll come into this sometimes, and sometimes I'll just <laughs> yeah. go into the, hello, friends, Jim Nance, yeah. along with Tony Romo. So we just keep yeah. going back and forth. <laughs> How many texts did we send to just, just moments ago? <laughs> it's just, it's nonstop. <laughs> because we have that technology now, we don't actually have to talk to each other. We don't yeah. like each other no, that much. We just very. show up for podcasts. I want to go yeah. back for a second, though, because I think you, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I feel like you unlocked a lot of impressions for other people. Um, let's let's not fight like this. <laughs> <laughs> the Columbo, I think, oh. has to be. Was there anybody before you doing that? Um, well, I don't remember seeing anyone do it. Uh, I yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. And the only Shatner I'd seen was Jim Belushi did it on SNL. In a full-blown sketch, and it wasn't very good. Compared it wasn't to- an impression, though. It was just in the. No, suit. it was just it was just the first, you know. Yeah. And so I didn't really take from him. I took from my own obsession with with William Shatner. But yeah, Peter Falk, I hadn't seen anyone do it. And also, you know, I I don't know why I'm so proud of this. <laughs> it's so lame. I taught myself how to move just one eye because Peter Falk was very open about having a glass eye. Well, we all taught ourselves to move the one eye because of you. Yeah. I think that's... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We all... Excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry to bother. (laughs) You know, open mics, so many open mics I did when I started out was... Kevin Zack. uh, No, it wasn't Kevin (laughs) Zack. But it was a lot of... The special I saw when I was young was you... You were doing... It was a stand-up special, and... Mm -hmm. I, I, the way that sounds is terrible, but I saw you do a special, and Robin Williams shows up, and you do a little, oh, Mr. Happy. And I was like, yeah. wait a second, I love all these impressions. I've started doing these, and you're doing them and making a living at it, even yeah. though your special was really mostly about stand-up. But- yeah, I, I, so um, uh, the great comedian and now TV director many years, David Steinberg, directed my uh, HBO special that you're referring to, which was called Stop With The Kicking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was called that because there was an action hero for nine minutes by the name of Jeff Speakman in movies. Oh, yes. and uh, I thought Jeff Speakman was a very Jewish sounding name, so I had to act out what it would be to ju- be a Jewish action hero, um, which <laughs> invariably ended with the action hero saying, "Stop with the kicking" <laughs> to his opponent. Um, uh, so, anyways, in that. Some writers and I were trying to figure out how to write some sketches and um, to go with the stand-up special. It's my first one hour on HBO, and it was 1991. It was a big deal to get an hour on HBO. Um, And so one day, David Steinberg came in and said, have you guys seen Madonna's Truth or Dare movie where she chose to document herself, basically, and her concert was in color and the documentary backstage of her life Preparing to go on stage was in black and white. He said, let's do that, but we'll mock the backstage stuff. So I had a camera crew following me in black and white, and and we did all these setups. Like I'm walking down the hallway, and a nun comes out with a check and says, thanks for donating, you know, to the kids. (laughs) Uh, All that kind of stuff. And one of the things was, yes, as you saw mentioned, I was in like a theater makeup room with a mirror with the little light bulbs around it, and I'm talking to myself in the mirror. But you hear my voiceover saying, people always ask me, how do I learn an impersonation? I think I may have found out 
found I may have discovered the best possible way. And then we come out of the voiceover into the scene. I'm talking myself in the mirror in this little dressing room, and I'm doing Robin Williams to myself in the mirror and saying, Whoa, down, Mr. Happy. <laughs> Shit, that's not it. Uh, Whoa, don't be frightened. <laughs> he is. God, that's not it. How do you do it again? And the camera widens out and Robin's standing right there. <laughs> and then he proceeds to teach me how to do it. Um, yeah. So so I, I it was very meta uh, now. Uh, that would be a, a, a brand new foreign term back then. But <laughs> yeah, it is it is strange uh, to to meet people and have them say, I learned this from you and that from you. And and uh, I certainly said to Rich Little when I met him, um, A, I, I mentioned that it was a shame that he wouldn't know comedy if he was hit in the face with the funny <laughs> shovel. But, 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 the, but you did, was, did you actually – you didn't say that, right? No, I just say that on podcasts and okay. radio shows. Uh, uh, but uh, I did you know, let him know that Dana Carvey and I learned our Johnny Carson from him. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's I, – I, I'm sure people have endlessly come up to you, Frank, and said, you know, that John Madden or whoever it was that you, you taught people how to do. is It's a weird thing, right, um, to pass this on, I guess. You taught me in, that in the hallway at the station, the Madden. Madden. You just said it's Ted Koppel. Or, yeah, I tell you, I'm was, like, oh, my God, it is Ted If you Koppel. just – Ted Koppel and you bring it a little more glottal. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. if, and, then, and then everybody can do it. Yeah, it's that <laughs> It's that weird thing. I always tell people, too, like t- – t- uh, Terry Bradshaw, George W. Bush, and Chris Rock are the same person. It's just the amount of air you put through. So George yeah. W. Bush, Terry Bradshaw, Chris Rock. Yeah, they're all same ones. they're twofers. They're twofers and threefers. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard you describe some of the same things that um, that I've talked about too. Is like there's the young Shatner and there's the mm. old Shatner. There's the yeah. the the original one who's way up here, and then there's the Priceline dog. That that right. that one. Yeah, the Denny Crane. Yeah, and uh, uh, so you- I, I got I got the Mad Cow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really, I really have more fun with the older one. I used to have a thrill with the younger one because it was so ridiculous, but now there's all these nuances, and I, I, I'm sure you find this too. The nuances of any impression is where the sweet spot. Oh is. yeah, way, way way better. John actually got to host a thing <clears throat> with Shatner. He, he with Shatner. He, yeah. um, uh, it was here in. Yeah, it was. They were showing the Wrath of Khan for some anniversary, and he shows up and does a Q and A at the end, and they let me host it, and I oh, had no. Frank come down and meet him. Cause yeah, because I'd never met him, yeah. and he, I talked to him on the phone on the radio one time, and I know his next door neighbor Valerie Bertinelli, or who sure. lives. And I go, I looked, I've looked in, in your backyard. He goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> and there was this t- Tom Vitale, Valerie's uh, husband, said uh, to ask him about the golf cart. And apparently he was doing wheelies on a golf cart. And this is the only time. This is how I knew Shatner was an incredible actor. Yeah. Because I didn't know anything about the story. I go, tell me about the golf cart. And he looks at the golf cart and he goes, unbelievable. <laughs> and I knew the whole story. story. I knew the whole story. story. I knew. I go, wait a second. You had jumped a golf cart over a creek. You did a, a, a barrel roll and landed it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, was in, he was incredibly Shatner. Yes. That was the best yeah. part. And it wasn't forced or weird. It was like, oh my God, you're, no, I, you're kind of that guy. Yeah, and I, I think Christopher Walken has definitely started leaning into it, but I don't think Shatner has. I think he really has always been himself, and we are forever 
entertained. Yeah. You know what's great to me about uh, you is that unlike most impressionists and stuff, you are an actor, so you get to be in these movies with people you've been doing the impression before you knew them. Because I I, I saw you uh, here at the Improv in Tempe once, and you told a story about when – because you did Walter Matthau and then worked with Walter Matthau, and it was just – it was hilarious. Yeah, that that sort of became – my my stand-up back over 10 years ago of of telling firsthand stories i uh i was very fortunate to to have no formal training as an actor and and after several hundred auditions get very lucky in a couple things and and then a few good men happened and then i you know it was it was offers instead of auditions and really kind of crazy and then in the 90s I was a girl who couldn't say no, and I, I did about forty <laughs> movies in the nineties. Six of them quite good, um, <laughs> just the worst. Uh, but you know, as a stand-up, you don't say no. When someone says there's stage time or a gig, the answer is always yes, right? I mean, right. there's never there's never a no, especially early early on when you're in a new yeah. uh, format in a new genre. You yes. you just take as much as you can because you yeah. don't know when it's going to end. That's right. And again, I really had been on hundreds of auditions where not only did they say no, it felt like they were saying, how about anyone but you is going to get this? <laughs> and when you experience hundreds of those and then within a couple of years, they're offering you things. I don't think no ever even crossed my mind until I was 30 deep. Anyways, um, I did. I, 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 I definitely I didn't have any formal training, but I absolutely learned how to act. By, because I'd studied doing impersonations. You know, you're building the impression. You know, you you mentioned a different um, strength of, of using your lungs. And, and for me, it was also from the feet, how they walked and stood. And, you know, the physicality, I know you guys know, of, of most of these impressions is how an actor learns a character. Right. Uh, so so I, I have always felt that people who did great impersonations – Again, other than the sweet, sweet Canadian, um, <laughs> Rich Little, God bless him. He paved the way for so many people. I mean, copycats was like a fantasy come true as a kid watching that show. But uh, other than him, I, I you know, are, Frank are, Gorshin. Are, are there roles where you? Because there are different ways of going about acting. There's the way of just creating something and making it come completely from you uh, and becoming the character, or there is a way to, you know, you study somebody and model that person, model that character after, um, you know, the person you're looking at. And in, in terms of an impression, Josh Brolin actually told me he did this with me. For W, he and Oliver Stone watched me do George W. Bush, and it's it's something I play on a loop for people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, and but in in terms of a non-impression, is there uh, have there been characters where you go, I'm going to model this. Uh, person or this this character I'm playing in the movie after somebody I know in my life or somebody I've met or something like that. Oh yeah, no. The, the, a perfect example is, um, uh, you know, I'm doing this show now. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, what the name of it is. <laughs> is it? Uh, huh. that uh, I can't make it out. I'm trying very mad, mad. Say hi to Alex for me. Marvelous. Oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Now, tell me if this isn't the hippest thing ever. So we were insanely fortunate to win 
the Screen Actors Guild or Best Ensemble two years in a row. And when you when you win, the first thing that happens is you get off stage and they hand you the award and you sign a thing and you take it home that night. But of course, they don't know who's going to win. So they don't have the little plaques on them, which they mail to you a month later. And then you put them on. It's self-adhesive. It's real super easy. So this is the first one, right? Cool. And then this is the second one. <laughs> now, is that the hippest thing ever? Or am I crazy? No, that's pretty cool. This one? Right? I mean, also that. Yeah, I was gonna, that's what I'm talking about. The sweet, sweet ass on that other one. Could you turn them both around? I, uh... <laughs> but I, you know, my, my uh, fiance says I'm going to regret that, but I don't. I don't <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I mean, I'm a comedian. This is what you do with the second one. Um, so, so in the case of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I am 100% channeling Lou Jacoby from a film I did with him called Avalon, Barry Levinson's jew masterpiece yeah. <laughs> um lou jacoby for those of you wondering was the guy who uh, said i can't believe i ate the whole thing in yeah. a commercial from 100 years ago but in avalon you know you cut the turkey without me so i the weird irony of my uh acting career is i rarely get to be the funny one but i never get to be the loud obnoxious jew and weirdly everyone who knows me thinks what i'm doing in mrs mazel i was born to do <laughs> um but I am channeling Lou Jacoby. 100%. Oh, it's it's. It, I didn't even know that. I didn't even recognize that, that was someone else. Yeah. Well, that's uh, uh, Carvey talks about that too. Where when you do an impression of a non-famous person, it's a character in terms of sketch. Uh, it's just more oh, interesting because yeah. you're you're um, is, most uh, of the time is, much more subtle. Wayne. You're acting. You know, sketch is so big and over the top. A lot of times, casting directors look at you and go, "You're a sketch actor. You're never going to be able to act in movies." I'm very envious. I'm not going to use the word jealous because it's more envious. Because I'm, uh, I'm glad it's you. Because uh, <laughs> you know, jealous seems like a terrible term to me uh, in terms in terms of the connotation. You sound kind of jealous. I'm very it's jealous. It's not healthy. Okay. It's not healthy for um, me. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but you you have nuanced performances. Um, you're on the big screen. Those are tough things to do. Yeah. And I've watched that and gone, man, there's – because I remember uh, there was a, a manager who I used to be with, Barry Katz, who was talking about Jay Moore. And he's like, man, nobody <laughs> – nobody has the career that Jay Moore has to be a comedian and then be an actor. And I was like, Kevin Pollack. <laughs> You got me. <laughs> I was like, he's been, he's been in massive movies. He's been in comedies. He's been in dramas. He's been in everything. Oh, man. Unbelievable. So we even did a sketch on my show that was Barry Katz. He was, I don't know if you know, but he tried to, in the sketch, he tries to sign everybody on the show. They're like, like I'm, I'm going to sign you, man. I'm already with you. Awesome. How much, what percentage? I'll give you a deal. I tried, I had him sign, try and sign the pizza guy. Oh, oh that's man. great. Look at, and you signed the lamp. Look at the way you light up this room. You're incredible. Amazing. Who flipped great. off the switch? Um, but that's the thing uh, that I'm most envious of is you get into movies. And like you said, it was a long road that nobody sees of all those auditions. Oh, yeah. But then to do it I, and, and be there and be there for a, a, quite a long time is awesome. It's shocking to me to this day. Do you still have fun doing the impressions? I mean, uh, or learning? Oh, yeah. Them? Yeah. I, um, 
so I was saying that 10 years ago, I started telling the stories of working with these people in film as a comedian and impersonator first and foremost. And then I end up being around these people, even in A Few Good Men. There's a moment in the film where Tom Cruise does an impression of Colonel Jessup. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when it happened in the moment, it was improvised. And then everyone immediately assumed I had taught Tom how to do Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Um, no, but the aliens had taught Tom. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone everyone did Jack Nicholson in the 90s, the way that everyone does Christopher Walken now. Um, as Frank will point out, very few of us do it correctly. <laughs> um, you know, it's super pedestrian and easy to do certain impersonations. And then if you love nuance as much as we do, it's kind of crazy hard to nail it, Right. Um, and that's, I guess, what we pride ourselves on. So the act became these firsthand stories. Uh, I guess the reason I mentioned the movies in the 90s and getting offers and stuff is because I drifted away from stand-up after A Few Good Men, and I hadn't done it for 10 years. And when I came back to do it and put together a new act, I realized I had done a couple dozen talk show appearances, Carson, Letterman, and I had written those appearances, you know, the... We, I always did panel in the guise of, and material in the guise of conversation. So I realized I had 40 minutes of material by taking these talk show stories, which were what it was like to meet Walter Matthau on a few good, or, or grumpy old men. I did a lot of men pictures. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it just looked like I was sharing an anecdote of, of, of like a talk show s- story. But it was perfect for the stand-up back. Once I realized people really did and do enjoy the behind-the-scenes real stories. Now I'm also impersonating the person within the story, right? So then it became this triple threat. And then that's pretty much the act ever since. And then it evolves when I sort of stumble over a new impression for me, like when I put a book out a few years back called How I Slept My Way to the Middle. (laughs) Um, Not just a funny title and technically still available on Amazon. (laughs) I was on the talk, talk show, the morning talk show circuit, plug in the book, and I was following Jason Statham on these talk shows because mm-hmm. he had a new movie out, you know, because he hadn't had a new movie out in six weeks. So, <laughs> so in, invariably, after I would follow Mr. Statham on these shows, and the host or hostess would say, Jason Statham was just here. I know you do voices. Do you do Jason Statham? You know, you could only hear that so many times right. before, you, before you have to teach yourself how to do Jason Statham. And I did. But then I realized I could teach the audience how to do it. Mm. So that becomes part of the act. Um, And Liam Neeson happened in the most ridiculous way. True story. I'd been sent to the grocery store to get a list of items. As a man, of course, I had not written down this list. (laughs) Uh, And so as I was driving to the grocery store, I was trying to remember the list. I, I knew I was going to mess it up, but I didn't want to. And I remembered one of the items, and I said it out loud into the rearview mirror, inexplicably as Liam Neeson. Now, I say inexplicably because I'd never thought to do him before. I don't know why. He's an action hero in his late 60s. Why not do him? Uh, but it, there it happened. I was driving, and then I looked in the rearview mirror, and I said, Bananas. Now... <laughs> I've never heard Liam say bananas in a movie ever. I don't I don't know why. I really truly don't know why. 
But then, you know, uh, all I could picture was him at an IHOP. What would you like on your waffle? Bananas. <laughs> Go, I will find you, you know. Uh, but it's just, again, it, that that really was stumbling onto a new – I'm sure that happens to you all the time, right, where someone just falls into your wheelhouse? Yeah, I mean, they do. Uh, John, how did you get Liam Neeson? Where did yours come from? Uh, I got mine off of watching him and Ricky Gervais. Oh, that's right. And, you they, to- uh, and you told me to watch that. you got to watch that clip of their outtakes of them trying to get through that scene where he wanted to do comedy. <laughs> Have you seen that before? <laughs> No, it, oh. is, it it is as good as I, I'm surprised it's not the new Who's on First. The timing and the back and forth wow. on this, it, you got just to do the outtakes of Ricky Gervais and Liam Neeson, and you can't help but because right, he walks into the office and goes, "I want to do comedy." Yeah, I'm thinking about doing a little comedy. If you're interested, <laughs> I'm, I'm a funny guy. And he says he says something that's such a key to it because he doesn't say, "Aren't I?" or "Don't you think?" He said, "I'm a funny guy, am I?" Yeah. <laughs> Emmons, nice. which I've never heard in my life. And I was like, and then he just, he goes, uh, I'm a guy who makes lists. And then Rick's like, great, you're going to storm at them. All right, good, you do comedy, that's great. And he goes, I want to do improvisational comedy right now. And he makes him do an improv sketch that will, will make you. It's the worst possible yeah. two subjects that the two subjects they say yeah. never do. And he's not and, funny. And he's and it's not, but no. the scene is hilarious. It's, yeah. That's the difference between acting like doing an impression on stage yep. for right. uh you know an audience and doing something like that in uh on screen is that the impression kind of knows it's funny sometimes and yeah. gets over the top in, on stage but in yeah. in a scene the impression has no idea how funny it is and it took me quite a while to learn that too i want to make sure do you have to, i didn't know how much time you had anyway here to uh do you need to go anytime soon or Thanks to COVID-19, I have what seems to be about five or six weeks. (laughs) We've been trapped in this room for a month. (laughs) We're actually in a bunker. We're calling every comedian Frank knows. And we're doing because of impressions, we're calling it the Archie Bunker. Uh, (laughs) All right, you you dingbat, over here. You you have to understand, this virus, while, um, you know, wildly bizarre and surreal and scary for a lot of people, uh, myself and all Jews, uh, we've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. Uh, you know, this it's its very difficult to complain about nothing all these years. <laughs> this is like from heaven. Finally. It's from heaven. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, are there others that you've fallen into? You know, the bananas, that, that thing. Bananas. I, um, I like that. Yeah, that what, what a, a an odd word. Oh, I do have to. I do have to say that I owe you something because there was a moment with a waiter who came up to me and he's like, "Oh, I listen to show all the time," and he comes over to me later and I'm going to do the impression he did as him, but he comes okay. to me later and he goes, "I'm afraid of Frankenstein." Oh no! And I'm like, "What are you doing?" And he said it really loud, and I looked at him. And he goes, I, I, "It's Walken." I'm like, no, it isn't. That's nothing like it. And he goes, I watched Kevin Pollack yesterday. Do you think it's any good? And I'm like, no, I don't think it's any good. You need to stop I think it's that. A great, it's a great Ed Gwynn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the craziest thing, but he screamed it at the table. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I owe that to you because it made the whole night great. What, oh, one, of, yeah. one of the first impressions I ever heard John do um, was, was the Alan Alda. You do, you do oh. an Alan Alda as well? Um, I never tried. Okay. Uh, also I, because I had was the first to sort of nail Alan Arkin. That's probably like it might have right. felt a little weird. 
Do it. Do it. Do it look. Well, yeah. It was uh, well. It's, the guy that sat next to me wasn't Alan Alda, but I thought it was, and, and he was messing with me. He goes, I hear the girl in this is fantastic. I'll be over <laughs> in the showers watching Margaret with Frank. And I started That's laughing. Perfect. Yeah. And the That's guy, perfect. the guy uh, next to me is evidently an impressionist that looks just like Alan Alda, and he sat next to me in a movie called Sucker Punch. Jesus. Yeah. And I'm looking. It was in Glendale, California. I'm looking at him, and he goes, Yeah, it's me. I'm like, Oh my god. <laughs> uh, That's not what Alan Alda would say, and he wouldn't be here by himself. That sucker yeah. punch, this like teen Were you romp. by yourself? Yeah, well, I was. I was testing out my social anxiety. I went to a movie alone, and this happened. And then he goes, I hear the girl in this is fantastic. And he looks right back at the screen, and I'm like, ah, I got to get that. That's too good yeah. to be true. Well, it is. That's another example. When you hear someone else nail it, yeah. it becomes so clear. Yeah. Well, I also find that when you meet the person – and a lot of my act has become that similar type of thing that you talk about. Yours are in movies. Mine are in green rooms at sports yeah. shows. <laughs> um, but like when I met Gruden, I walked up to him and, and it, the nuances started. You can't see everything from film, right? You can't right. see everything on a screen. When you meet the person, you see the things that they cut out, the little ticks, the things yeah. that make them them. And Gruden's like, so you're the guy who does me, huh? He's like, yeah. yeah. He's like, where are you from? I was like, Sandusky, Ohio, which is where he was from. He's like, really? I'm like, no. He's like, good, because you were blowing my mind, man. <laughs> and it was, it was those moments – yeah, that uh, you know, I, where I realized who he was too. It's yeah. a, not not who he was on TV, which is a sometimes a magnification of who they are. But you you find the smaller version of them. Yeah. I I find I find this as well, which works backwards. You find, have you ever done this where you find um, a character somebody does in a movie. And I, this is the, one of the things that's always bothered me. Somebody will say, I know this is a, b- a bad name to use right now, I guess, because of the, what's going on with COVID-19, but Tom Hanks. Somebody will say, I do a Tom Hanks impression, and then they'll go, lap is lack box. No, you're doing a Forrest Gump impression. Right. But right. you can find Tom Hanks by working backwards from that character, reverse engineering it, and that yeah. Madison, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Wilson, where you find it coming back, or from their yell, like Morgan Freeman that yeah. normal talk right here. But in, are you in the bathroom smoking crack? Come on, sonny. Now sing the school song. Where you can find different parts of who they are. And yes. uh, do you find yourself doing that as well? Yeah, I always, um, in terms of doing the actor from a movie, that's what most fans want you to do. Like they want me to talk about a cowbell. Um, <laughs> right? Because that's how they do it with their friends. Right. And so then that obviously becomes I, – I know this sounds condescending because it is. Um, that <laughs> it's becomes – It's pedest- fine. It's our whole show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that becomes pedestrian to me, right? Yeah. If everyone can do it, I don't find it as interesting Absolutely. sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I always thought that was cheating and simple. But it is how you first learn in the quiet privacy of your home. Um, you can do out, you know, the same thing of the young Shatner and the old Shatner is true of Al Pacino and the wonderful actor Titus Williver does uh, sick, amazing Al Pacino and Walken. But he, on my, uh, I used to do this uh, chat show, this live streaming video podcast thing, and uh, so I had him on, and he did Al Pacino through the years, you know, from Dog Day Afternoon to The Godfather, Michael to who he is now, and um. It, it 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 is those nuances, but they're so more easily learned when studying them in in a film, right? So even when he did it, he was doing them from these movie roles, and I thought, 
not as impressive. Sorry. Yeah. Isn't that weird? You know what I mean? Did you ever get one like when you were like the one thing about Walter Matha, which I loved? Did you ever when you did that before and then met him? Did you like? Oh, I got to change that. Like everything he did in front of you made your impression less liked by you. Yes. Yes, I had the reverse of that happen too, where Alan Arkin saw me do stand up and he said, Have you noticed I don't stammer as much anymore? When I, talk? <laughs> I saw you do the impression, you stammer quite a bit, and I, uh, I don't like it. I don't, uh, that was perfect. I don't like how it sounds, and I don't care for it. So I'm not going to, uh, what? <laughs> um, yeah, so, so, uh, by the way, did both of you see The Irishman? Mm-hmm. Yes. I still feel like I'm there watching it. Um, <laughs> I, 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 between Pacino, De Niro, and Pesci, I felt like at one point I was watching three old guys who couldn't find their keys. <laughs> For four hours. I can't find my keys. I don't know where they are. I can't find them. It's the Chrysler. McConaughey said, get the link. I got the Chrysler. I can't find them. This, can I swear on this? Yeah. yeah. I forgot that. This fucking guy with the fucking keys over here. And then this is all De Niro can do now. Face, right? <laughs> I know. So when they CGI, and I don't care if he's 30, 52, 71 throughout the film, he can only do that face. Yeah. Our, our greatest actor has been reduced. To, yeah. I don't understand where the emotions coming from anymore. And it was driving me crazy. It was breaking my heart. Um, we talked to, we talked about him. The fact that they, they, the, when they CGI the faces on, they still had the 70 some year old yeah. bodies. And when, when they went to the guy up, when they went yeah, to kick somebody, yeah, and it was like, <laughs> get my walker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hey, 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 ah, I'm, I am, I am bustling you, kicking your ass, it's happening, <laughs> ow, look at that, my foot's on your hand, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> to go back a second, Tom, I met Tom Hiddleston, who does great impressions, plays Loki in the uh, Avengers. Oh yeah, and um, I met him with my daughter at a comic con. She loves all these. My daughter started to do some impressions, too. And uh, so I, I was talking about impressions with him. I don't know if he knew who I was or if an agent let him know who I was so he could make me look cool to my daughter. <laughs> but I go up to him and I'm talking about impressions. I was like, I do a bunch of impressions. Ah, yes, I know. But, um, and then we're talking for a little bit. Super nice. And didn't mean anything mean by it because, yes, I am. I do impressions of people I work with in films. I was like, oh, I do impressions of people I've seen in films. <laughs> so it was one of those moments where that's how yeah. much, uh, that's kind of the same kind of feeling I have with you is like, oh, you get to go that extra step. Yeah. And uh, as part of it's, I, 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 some of it's my own doing. I don't live in Los Angeles. I don't work. I haven't worked at the uh, auditions, but there's never a proof that you're going to get anything. Anyway, it's hard to get it. People don't realize how impossible it is to get something even the first time yeah. uh there's you know there's skill but there's also luck there's a lot of great people out there who've never been you know been seen or never had the chance um, yes i'm not meaning to demean anything but that but i just think about that sometimes <laughs> you're saying you yeah you're I mean, i'm the one, right, I'm the one. it's all you're connected. great and you've never had no, that gotta, chance i gotta try harder. yeah you want kevin to get to try harder and be better he's basically asking for a job on this uh, <laughs> tell alex can you act got that i was on i was on mad tv with her i was nice to her i was yeah. doing brian regan there wasn't even trying to do it just did it for a second okay talk to the nasal lady okay <laughs> Kevin, what impression have you have you tried that you wanted to get and never got? Oh, a lot of them, and it is a question that comes up, and I I've got to develop a funny answer to it because, you know, it's just, it just boils down to to listing names. Yeah. You know? 
And Isn't it weird though? Because like you'll try, like I remember we got, I think both of us got Berman off of someone else, but trying to do Seth Rogen, I got Chris Berman and I quit the Seth Rogen thing and I really want to try Seth Rogen. Now I can't do it because it always turns into someone else. Well, I was trying to do Berman and it was, it just became Al Pacino because right. I was trying to do rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. He could go all the way and it was, it was Pacino going rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. <laughs> he could go all the way. There was that kind of thing. But then <laughs> we turned them into characters. This is a John character that Chris Berman became came the Berminions, so it's uh-huh. Chris Berman, but they're the minions uh, from um, uh, Despicable, Despicable Me, right? Me yeah. and they go, oh. <laughs> now, do you get tired? Listen, I'm, my go- <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about this. I'm a grown man. <laughs> yeah. We want and, to- and you know what the worst part is? He felt he needed to go, this is John's idea, but thanks a lot. No, because I, 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 want, I, want, I think it's a great character. Sure. I think it's a brilliant play with the mashups like Tracy Morgan Freeman. Yeah. We come up with the same thing at different times or even the sure. same time. Then talk- I was Tracy Morgan. That's just the way it was. It's Shawshank. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. The warden didn't even look at his shoes. <laughs> um, I also just realized that because I'm laughing my ass off at what you guys are doing. But I also find myself um, not wasting any time in trying to make both of you laugh. That you've just added a third to whatever awful game it is the two of you play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all I wanted that's, out of this. That's it. That was oh. it. The goal has been met. You don't get the the show, but this is better. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll yeah. take anything. I, we'll, we'll include you absolutely. Uh, anytime yeah, you- we're just... We're just desperately trying to make each other laugh and impress each other with the voices we can do. Pretty much. That's what's happening. Honestly, I, I wasn't going to – I think the audience cares about this. I, I get tired of – most of the time, 99.9% of the time, I'm incredibly tired of talking about impressions. Yeah, of course. And Until you talk to people who can do them. And, and, and people you respect. Not just people who, who can do them, that you know – can do them, can find nuances, create their own, and be funny. Those are all different things. If you look around YouTube or the, yeah. you know, a lot of the internet, you just see people doing other people's impressions and doing lines from yeah. somebody's right. act or from a movie, and they right. don't. It's 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 almost modern day rich little stuff, right? And they don't they don't care about trying to find what actually makes the person really interesting. They just right. try to get the like with the easy impression. And sure. that's when you talk to somebody who does study this and almost takes it as an art form or does take it as an art form, I start to be interested. I was away from impressions for a while. And then John and I started doing this podcast. And all of a sudden, he got me caring about it and liking to do them again. I think, though, and I'll speak for both of you and you can tell me I'm wrong. I think and I do this Looking to a certain extent, but I'm not at the level you guys are at with notoriety. I think we you uh, guys don't especially, beat yourself up. I'd have to a little bit. Uh, it's the way I work. Um I think you guys take it for granted that it can't be done. You know what I mean? It's like I said the other day. You can imagine a 900-story building, but you can't build it. And people will say things like, oh, this is, you, know, you do these impressions, and they think it's easy. And they think, and I think you guys, and I to a certain extent, feel like, yes, sometimes it does feel easy. It feels like you're stealing, and it's not that yes. hard. And other people right. see it as a magic trick that is just unreal because their brains and their throats and their noses and their stuff don't do it. So I think when yeah. Frank kind of quit, doing them or like liking them had a lot well, to do with the I fact that you felt the, like it was so simple yeah well it's, and i don't it's know if it was not. so simple because i just kept going to the same stuff and doing the same things over well you got bored but still i don't think you i don't think impressionists respect what other people think of them because it's i it's, think you're right yeah. and, and i always tell people uh, people say can you do this person i go listen 
I'm a magician, <laughs> not a wizard. Right. Yeah. These are magic tricks. And you have yeah. to practice the magic trick over and over and over so people don't know what's actually going on. It's not just conjuring up a spell and making it great. happen. Ross Mar- Do you know Ross Marquand? Very well, yeah. He's an, I mean, he's I don't an, know him. I don't know. I've only met him once as a person, but okay. I know how brilliant at impressions he he's is. He's incredible. And yeah. we went to lunch one time, and he just talked about how long it took him to get certain ones. And I was like, thank yeah. God. Yeah. Because I thought you were a wizard. And when you find yeah. out it takes some people some time, I was like, okay, at least you're going through some of the same stuff all of us are. Yeah. You know, because you see somebody's, you know, the fruits of their labor on the screen. And you're like, or, or wherever, and you're like, that's amazing. And yeah. um, you don't realize all the work that goes into it, just like anything. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, um, I started doing the deconstruction in my stand-up act of what an impersonation is, and I call it a parlor trick. But I, you, your analogy of the magician and the wizard is spot on, brilliantly perfect. That's what I, that's uh, what I tell the, people. The parlor <laughs> trick uh, of it is just if I can think of someone you like and I can recreate them in front of you, I will steal all the affection you feel for the actual person. Uh, that's I an mean, interesting. that's the whole thing in a nutshell yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, well, you don't need so, a lot of the setup either, right? The person, people no. already know it's, it's the can't, it's been painted. The picture's yeah. been painted and you, you just love, have to kind of make a copy and hit on the, the important parts yeah, of all it. All their emotions are already built in. Yeah. And that's yeah, a, that that part is cheating for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think I don't think people take. I think it's taken for granted by people who can do them that it well, is you're right about something that. neat that you're other people right don't. That. They then they really look up to it in a weird way. And I think I think impressionists often like ah because you're so but hard funny, on what you do. You mentioned the Hiddleston thing when you do meet an actor. I have met several who also do a couple of spot on perfect impressions themselves. Um. It, there, there is a weird. Uh, how would I describe it? It's a weird feeling to meet a famous actor who who can do these silly little impressions that I'm not taking that I am taking for granted. As yeah. you, as you, as you point out, you know, I remember when Matt Damon on Letterman, Letterman would force him to do Matthew McConaughey, and it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was good enough for Letterman to lose his mind. Um, and then he would force Matt Damon to do it every time he was on the show. <laughs> and it just made me laugh so hard because there's no way Matt Damon wanted to keep doing that. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, you know, it was good. Like I said, it was funny the first three times I saw him do it. But, yeah. And my my amazement of, of you, Frank, and and, and uh, Mr. Mangouin, um <laughs> is that you guys seem to do like 200. I, I, I never really had more than a half dozen that I could focus on at any one Because time. you got too busy being in films. Yeah, being incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. That gets in I the mean, way I, a lot. Incredible. I, I, think I, I think on it, well, you're very kind, but I also think I just got lazy. I, I, I didn't want to go back to the magic shop and build new stuff. I, I, I've, been, I've been there, and like I said, John does, John does more than me, and I... I I credit him for bringing me back to the. Well, he does a morning radio show. <laughs> like he was in an impression coma. I, I kind of was. <laughs> I had to go revive. You. No, I was. I just I didn't have fun with it, and then I, I I just it was it was the magic trick, and you feel like you're labeled the magician, and you yeah. want to try and do. Something well, let me else. ask you this, both you guys, because I'm not on this end. Do you guys get kind of? Because uh, I think the fun that you and I have, and it sounds like what you and Dana Carvey used to do, was the fun of the non-competitive thing, and I think in your worlds. 
yeah. it gets really super competitive. Oh, Frank can do this, so I got to do this. And it becomes this, like, mine's better than yours thing. And I don't think you and I care at all. No. It's like, if you get it, I think it's great. Like, he does something that I'm like, okay, that's yours. That's forever yours, and that's brilliant. And I yeah, love I it. Yeah, never, I never really felt uh, competitive with someone who was who became famous doing impressions um what happens and it happens to every comedian when they hear a good joke you go ah shit why didn't i think yeah, to yeah. Do that yeah, guy? yeah yeah that that happens all the time but then you realize oh it's an impression i can do mine <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> you know? it isn't someone's material um yeah like i i don't know why but i stumbled across this joke and the moment it happened I, my very first thought was, I'll bet 11,000 comedians already wrote this joke. Yeah. And the joke is so simple, but I just thought of it in the moment. And yet I'm instantly convinced it couldn't have been original. I didn't hear it from someone else. And it was simply, how does a Canadian answer the telephone? Sorry, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think that's an old joke? It has to be, right? <laughs> it seems like it should be. But it's I've never heard it until just now, so maybe not. That's but, great. But, so that's how I feel about an impersonation. When someone just keeps it simple like that joke and but just nails it in a couple of words, you're like, ah shit, that's that's it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's and, um, and and having to deal with comedians a lot, I realize that you guys don't laugh like normal. You think, oh, that's good, or mm, damn it, that should have been something I thought of, or it's just they don't, or you don't like it. I like making comedians laugh is what everybody tries to do. I think yes. I, after twenty years of radio, my goal is to just make them go nice, or that's great, because yeah. that's almost better. A laugh is good from a normal person. A comedian will tell you whether or not it's approved. Well, a lot of people. John gets a lot of guests on the show because he he sells a lot of tickets here in town. So when people go on that his part, I remember. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, so finally, when, <laughs> when people come on his show, they're they're like, say, "Oh, this guy's actually funny," as opposed to yes. You, know, you go into a lot of radio stations. We as comics, we all, Ugh. and the it's other the thing, yeah, and we're tribalists, right? We we we're very oh, yeah. tribal. We're like we're comedians. We know what's funny. The radio guys like, oh god, a comedian. You know, everybody has their own thing. That they you're right most of the time. Yeah, well, a lot, of, a lot yeah. of radio. Radio's tough, especially in this day and age where, you know, they've got to get to a song or something, yeah. and they they want to sure. know your next couple minutes. You but also th- just can't believe that <laughs> the 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 appearance on the radio show in Des Moines starts with the what do you call them? Radio personality. Yeah, I'm so old. I almost said disc jockey, <laughs> and then the radio personality says. Uh, so tell me a little about yourself. Right. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! Really? That's that. We're gonna yeah. go for you. Oh man! I like making um, you guys like when a comedian comes in. My like, I'll I'll try a question. Like, what makes you happy? Like, and it all. And then first thing in the morning, they're always like, "What?" Like, it's almost yeah. annoying that they actually have a question. They haven't got some. They're not frustrated. and They're not annoyed. And they may actually come up with an answer for. And, yeah, that's, uh, and you ha- that's I feel true. like I have to win them all over. Like if I've never met a comedian, I'm like, I got to win this guy over. Thanks to all the other radio hosts in the country who also they the, automatically hate me. The Friday morning radio on the road, at some point you realize, oh, this is the work. This is the only job I have to do. Going on stage at night right. is the fun part. It's the travel and Friday morning radio. That's the only job <laughs> on on the whole gig. And that's the thing. And when so, people get to John's show on, 90, on yeah. KUPD, they actually go, wow, that was fun. Can I stay? 
That yes. happens. And that's the best part of saying, no, you can't. We have a lot of radio left and so, you're not on it. I, I was having trouble getting a couple guests on, and they knew John Lovett. John Lovitz was one, and and Lovitz just Lovitz, Lovitz was worried about coming in here because it's at my house, and he was, I was just worried about doing anything. And uh, he yeah. goes on with John. He wouldn't leave. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. What time are you done? We're going longer. And yeah. then he came to my house with John. He's like, I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. It was great at first until I lost Lovitz as a friend to Frank because <laughs> he was like uh, he was like a bar. I don't want to go in there and find out he hates me. And, he, and I'm like, he won't hate you. Don't worry. <laughs> I just don't. And then Frank calls him. They make friends on the phone. And it was like I was a waiter. <laughs> Will you please yeah. go now? <laughs> Frank and I are fine. He just walked around my house. He's yeah. like, this is yours? Yeah. And yeah. this? And this? How? Does the radio man live here? <laughs> Send him away. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, I've known John a very long time. You've both nailed him. Um, I'm, I am a little surprised you're both still calling him my friend. <laughs> uh, he's the oldest nine-year-old I've ever met. That's and when true. When I'm away from home uh, and have to stay in a hotel, I always stay under the name John Lovitz. That way no one will bother me. <laughs> All right. Tell that you have songs stage, written about you. In case no anybody was wondering, yeah. <laughs> I, would you do this again? I, you can say no. Uh, I, yeah, I would, that would be fun if you did. Actually, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't that great. I, would, I, I feel like we've got to let you go because it, I was expecting fifteen, twenty minutes. You're hoarding. Uh, I, I was. I, <laughs> I, I'm so ecstatic that you spent this much time. Yeah, no um, and it was fun to it, hear. I, we are going to put you on that. Uh, if it's okay that I give John's your number as well. Uh, we're putting your number on there, and we'll start throwing stuff past you if you don't care about getting texts at all oh. hours of the day and night. Oh, oh yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I look forward to that. Put, of us working on, on crap put me on the thread. Unless Lovitz is on the thread, and then no. <laughs> then cancel. What we should do? We should do that. Just <laughs> get Lovitz on all three of us. Why is this happening? How come he doesn't call me? It's eleven p. <laughs> 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 My problem is I. I uh, am so annoyed by Lovitz that you guys do him so well, I'm instantly annoyed. <laughs> yeah, we can do it again. I'll, uh, uh, this has been uh, more fun than, than possible uh, or, math, or mathematically uh, uh, correct. So, yeah, of course we can do awesome. it again. Oh, oh. I, I don't know what this is we've been doing, though, to be frank. We don't either. To, uh, be, to be frank. That's what we should have called To be frank this. and John. Yeah, well, I don't even need to be part <laughs> Yeah, Frank and Johnny. I've been trying to get out of this for months. No. Yeah, John was. John came in a couple times. He goes, I'm actually having fun here. Yeah. I didn't think I'd have fun here. <laughs> I was I'm like, it was so reverse. I was the comedian a, that didn't want to be here. Yeah. Is it a, a daily Good live God, streaming no. video? No. No, what right now it? we come out once. We're doing once a week. Um, it's actually started to take off because we've gotten dirty, which was sure. me. And we did John Madden reading Pornhub off of his phone. Absolutely. And just the, that's the crazy thing about, I know I said I'd let you go, but then I just thought of this. <laughs> I, I, you can you're you're all of a sudden Kevin's grandmother. Well, what? here we go. I've got one more thing and a cookie for you. I'm, Why don't you call, Kevin? Why haven't you been on the show? No, I'm just going to be playing. His grandmother's played by me. Jealous. You never knew. Acting. <laughs> um, now I've forgotten. I've well, forgotten. thank God. Kevin, thanks for joining <laughs> We'll get into it you next wanted me to. You wanted me to read hub, Pornhub? As oh, you want to do that? Oh, that? Well, no, I, I don't. pull it up. No, you, no, you don't. Have, no, I was just telling you about. Pull it that up was anyway. One of the things that, oh, yeah. he, he, 
Um, well, I don't no, know how you're going to do yeah, it. My last, my last stand-up special, which has been a, a few years now, I just um, – I because people always said, you, you know, I, I love this actor. I could watch him read from the phone book. So I uh, I came out and I read, read a children's – a couple pages of a children's book as Christopher Walken. And then I read the phone book as Christopher Walken. <laughs> and then I read a Chinese takeout menu as Christopher Walken. And uh, – you know, so stuff like that has always made me laugh. It's but so okay, this was like this that. was my point: is people went as a comedian, as a stand-up, people you, you would do something like that unless it just fit the situation perfectly. Yeah. If you did cartoon characters having sex, which is what every open micer does, it was considered hack, and all the the regular quote unquote the stand-up, the monologist, they would hate you. And now yes. that's the stuff that goes viral. And if you yep. don't do it, if you're trying to create and be too nuanced and too no, – I shouldn't say too nuanced. But if you're trying to outthink the room and be too artsy, nobody cares. I, That's right. I did a, one of the things that was one of my proudest moments was it was the night before Christmas and I learned five or six different Avengers. And oh, it was wow. all new impressions for doing it. And it was the end game. It was basically end game. And it right. was Tony Stark, uh, Avengers, gather around the Christmas tree. It was the night before Christmas – and all three, you know, that kind of thing, which, by the way, my, so I got to do this for you because my my uh, my Tony Stark slash Robert Downey Jr. is uh, a human Twitter feed, 140 characters or less. And everything's about himself. So he could be giving out Academy Award, which is supposed to be about the nominees, but turn it back to him like these people deserve your applause almost as much as I do. Hashtag awesome. So it's it's those. God, when you la- when he laughs at stuff we do, those we, are the moments. I'm yeah, like, that's yeah, all you. You were killing. Right? Uh, that was me. That was, yeah, all, that was all me. All I'll I don't that. Wanna, I don't want that. But the Alan all the listen. I, I don't I, take it. I've never heard anyone even think about doing RDJ, and RDJ. that was flawless. Okay. Yeah, it's really. Do good. me a favor and join me. All right. Now that you've said it, I'm going to continue doing it. <laughs> and then I learned Chris Evans, which is from the speech. The five years ago, we lost all of us. We lost friends. We lost. Fam- so I started doing these weird ones. Right. And I even learned how to do. Uh, I started learning how to do um, Professor Hulk. These are confusing times. Mark it, Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. And that one, that's it, hard. Wow. It's one of them that's hard to get into. But I had no idea I could even do it. So it's there, yeah. which is almost Billy Crystal. When I think about it, I had no idea. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah. So the, the end. But it is its first one to the tape. It's not the subtle. Did either anymore. did either one of you answer my question? Though what the fuck this is? <laughs> we 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 uh, stalled, uh, hoping an answer would fall out of our mouths, and clearly didn't. So we, you're we're putting cl- out once a week this FaceTime video. Uh, we'll no. probably put we'll put little uh, clips of it. We have another uh, Let's way. Let's tell them. We've never done this. We've, yes, we've never. Done. This is the first time uh, we, we we've got your number. Not <laughs> we all, just, all we want to do is get your number, and now everybody's going to have it. Yeah, this is a weird of toilet paper. It's a weird podcast called "We Have Kevin Pollock's Number," <laughs> which it's isn't a, a bad idea. A pretty good idea for yeah. a podcast. Uh, uh, we so yeah, if we do this again, if we talk you into it again, we'll we'll put you on the app that actually goes into a live stream. I just I didn't want to annoy you with trying to figure out the technical side of it and stuff first um so you'll post produce this and edit clips yeah clips it'll be clips and if we don't have to come out with it right away it's even better if if you're not doing the shows that then we won't even worry about trying to turn it around quickly but we are going to try and turn around a couple of clips quickly for the show uh, because i thought that was the only reason you were doing it i thought that was the only reason you uh, i didn't realize that you well no of course Initially, it was the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. You got to pay attention when Kevin says "was." We yeah. learned that at the beginning yeah, of this call. So was e- huge with Kevin Pollock. Start out awkward, ended awkwardly. 
Um, uh. But yeah, so we uh, we've just started. Like I said, we we've been doing this a while. We started out doing it um, just because of hard knocks with John Gruden. We were doing a recap every week, and uh, it was a f- kind of a football show. But as we've gotten sure. guests on, we found that it just becomes more of just you know talking and hanging out and it's learning a more about the person. But when we get somebody. Listen, I, I don't. When you find somebody that you believe is talented, and yes. you you envy them in different ways, not just the impressions. You're somebody who's had influence on me. You know people that I have met. You're better friends with them than I am. There are these moments where I get to go. Oh, we can. We have something. There's an interesting connection. The even the talking about impressions we found, and I believe I'm speaking for you here, John. But there were moments where I think I go. Kevin thinks like we do. It's wow. like I, I can I, <laughs> look at like oh the he, he may think like we do, but he's winning. <laughs> uh, we have Stephen A. Smurf here. Yeah. Show him our awards. Uh, we uh, no the the yeah. Batman thing is cool. Yeah. Ah yes, here's uh, Jeff Goldblum, the Grandmaster. Hello, <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah, yes, you're incredible. How? <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, it, we come out weekly right now. People are starting to clamor for more. You know what would have been a better answer to his question? How many we don't episodes? Know. Uh, 30? Yeah, about. 35. Somewhere around 35. Oh, so it's very new. That's great. Yeah, yeah. and it started – it's actually in the last few – we have some banked episodes. We haven't put Lovitz out yet. We haven't put um, Harlan Williams. Do you want to? We, <laughs> <laughs> we, want, we want it to grow. Uh, we wanted it to grow for, so people could um, – Then destroy it. get something out of it first. Um, so we've been banking some, but this was one that was going to come out right away. Um, and we're, we're gaining the audience now that we're destined. But the video, You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but the, you put out video. Right? Uh, just little clips, and we can, we can put out whatever you want or not, whatever you don't want. Um, Do you put video out of yourselves? Uh, yes, we're actually being recorded on – we have a four-camera setup in here right now. But it'll be weird because okay. we're looking down the whole yeah, time. At, at, at a pile of toilet paper. The whole <laughs> thing, you're, you're resting on a pile of yeah, so five looks like we're just looking at we're staring paper. at toilet paper. I want to see the video of how this actually looks. Yeah. Because it's us just – and I want the sound down because it's us occasionally laughing at a pile of toilet We paper. also have a guy by the name of Jose Meza who's running the cameras right now who animates a lot of stuff. And this will probably be an animated – Oh, yeah. Um, I think because it's just more fun. Right. Let the man go, Frank. I, he started asking me questions, Christ. John. I, well, I, I have not to go. done asking questions. Okay, now we turn around. Kevin Pollock has our number. <laughs> That's right. And now I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Before we go, Sean Salehi, who I met at an airport while traveling uh, months ago. Strict hiring practice. Became right. our basically our intern. He's 22 years old. Did you write down anything that... Oh, Any references? references? He's supposed to write down references from the show of things he has yeah, no idea. Because he's too young to get. This should be good. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, to be to be completely oh, uh, this is gonna hurt. Honest, I, I was looking up stuff while you. That's all were what going. you're supposed to do. Well, because yeah. I didn't want I didn't want to you know break up the flow or anything like that. But yeah, it was it was honestly just some of the some of the stuff that Kevin had been in. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, God. Not the guest. Oh, you're not supposed <laughs> to attack us. Like that. Attack us. The we guest, can take that out. We can take that no, out. It was, it was oh, more... We wanted him back, you <laughs> jackass. That's Kevin, not how Kevin, you should go, and then we'll and then we'll do this after. No, it was it was more so. Honestly, oh. it wasn't it wasn't the films because don't be honest. Yeah. No, because the, it was the films that I, that I was familiar with. It was more of the HBO stuff before I was alive that I was right, curious. No, I'm tired. No, it's I'm getting tired of worse. Him. Yeah. Yeah, prior to prior to you, this, prior to my father giving my mother life, I are you, love. Are uh, you doing Brian Cannon? Yeah. 
What? I love that you guys are feeling bad for me, but I think this is actually one of the best aspects of the show so far. (laughs) (laughs) Is is someone someone uh, in their early twenties? Yeah, twenty two. Yeah, completely and utterly clueless about a lot of the things we've been talking about. Not from a not from a position of of no interest. Just it has it's it, it hasn't crossed his purse there's no resonance you know I mean? well you've Nothing. heard those yeah. I, and maybe you've maybe this has happened to you as well uh or t- but t- um uh i can't think of his name uh, danny devito is yeah. like young people don't know who i am right now write it down i'm going to have to i've got to get in something that's why i believe he did everything sunny in philadelphia yeah is because- well while while that argument is very sound the truth is his production company has produced the show from the beginning and he jumped in to try to help them their first season because their ratings you know were what zero. oh wow i, I i'd yeah. heard that other side of it too so maybe it's not him but, i do make up no, a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah 60 percent of his facts are made up but it's a complete and uh hundred uh, percent true observation in the sense that and he would danny would would agree it's made him more relevant than anything he's done in the last 14 years yeah. and maybe that's where i heard it is him saying yeah. it in past tense once again was is more important than <laughs> yeah and, was yeah was is a but big I, one. I i do love the the 22 year old you should keep this as a part of the show and no, it is. Oh, it oh yeah sometimes we'll do it in the middle is. too he'll he'll break yeah. down in the middle um, yeah. And we booed him because he didn't know who Norm McDonald. Yeah, I, we're doing Norm. We're just going around. Hey, minutes. you cocksucker! You know, hey, you know that guy's got a great big cock. <laughs> yeah, that young child over there, that kid that doesn't know who I am. Yeah. yeah do you know the? Uh, someone just used this as a reference, and uh, my better half and I have been laughing about it nonstop when he was talking about the. He did this as a news update piece. Um, the OJ. He did obviously endless things about the OJ trial while doing news update, but it was about the uh, the photograph of Johnny Cochran holding the knit cap. I haven't seen that. Oh, I've seen I'm the picture. Par- but- I'm going to ruin it and paraphrase it horribly, but he said something about because uh, you know they'll they'll throw up the photo and then they'll comment about what the photo is representing uh, in that situation when Norm or anyone's doing news updates, and, and, and he says. Uh, uh, moments after Johnny, I, I don't really do Norm. Moments after Johnny uh, Cochran held up the uh, the knit cap, OJ said, "Hey, uh, that's my fancy stabbing cap." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm sure I got all that wrong. It's not fancy. It's something else. Um, my lucky. That's my lucky. Hey, that's yeah, my lucky, my lucky stabbing, stabbing cap. cap. That's what it was. I I remember <laughs> that. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, um. But it, yeah, so the twenty-two-year-old's uh, name is what? Sean Salehi. Okay, we're big on alliteration. Name. Yeah, we like I don't that. need his last name. I'm not going to remember it. Sean, <laughs> listen. Yes, sir. Um, uh, please stop. Stop that immediately. <laughs> um, uh, definitely check out Norm. Just YouTube Norm on on the news desk. All right. Oh yeah. Uh, if you want to um, really be hipped to one of the arguably. The funniest news desk Saturday Night Live guy agree. of Hard all of them, yeah. and one of the reasons is he uh, did not ever care if the audience laughed and got no. the joke. And I, <laughs> I feel like that's all Colin Jost does is wait, wait for the laugh. He does the line, and then he yeah. looks at the audience and stares them down until they laugh. Right. Um, whereas Norm <laughs> would just he would he chastise he them right. every once in a while. Oh uh, yeah, I mean yeah, but. 
but he he seemed to never really care, and that's what, why it was so beautiful yeah. to me. Oh, he's um, brilliant. As as we're proving, we could clearly do this for three hours at a time. So yeah. Thank uh, you. we'll figure out when the next one is, and I look forward to it. In the meantime, thanks for throwing up some clips, and I hope folks have a chance and are allowed to come see me at uh, Stand Up Live. Hey, can we go out on uh, uh, a zoom in of your awards? Yeah. (laughs) One more time. (laughs) You know, I realized I hadn't, uh, I can't believe you asked thinking, ah, I'll never get him to do that. And here I go. (laughs) There's wandering. I mean, it was immediate. There was zero hesitation. There were a few times when (laughs) I mentioned Christopher Walken, but I don't think I ever really did the voice. No. And I will say I put out a podcast a few years back, um, (laughs) <laughs> called Talk and Walkin', where I, um, I, it was like my dinner with Andre, and I just had a friend come over the house and sit at this very dining table, and, and we would have a conversation, talk about the minutiae of life. And inexplicably, I spoke only as Christopher Walken. We never referenced him or me during the conversation. <laughs> I would just pull up odd news stories, and we would, whoever the person was, I put out maybe 15 episodes or something, and after the second one, Jay Moore tweeted something like, with a link to it. And, you know, Jay Moore is the uh, first on TV doing Christopher Walken. And, and so he put out this tweet with the clip from the podcast saying, right here in this moment is when Kevin Pollack became the best Christopher Walken impersonator. And it is a very bizarre sort of funny thing, like the highest possible compliment. And I, I realized all the acting I've ever done, the only compliments I ever cared about was from someone I admired yeah. the most, right? Yes. And I remember once the Golden Globes, when you get out of that thing, I've only been a couple of times, when you get out of that thing, there's 600 people trying to get out two small doors and it's very slow and you're just standing on stairs next to very famous people awkwardly with nothing to say. And I found myself in that position standing next to Gene Hackman, my absolute favorite actor of all oh. time. Um, and I, I just said to him, um, and I waited, you know, like seven minutes into this 28-minute trying to get the fuck out of this venue. <laughs> and I'm just for seven minutes trying to think, what do you say? What, do you, what, do you, what could you possibly say that he hasn't heard? You know? And I finally just completely was an asshole and said, uh, I'm, I need to say that I'm a very, very big fan of your work, sir. And, you know, a couple seconds later, he smiled warmly and said, and I of you. And even if he was just being kind, I didn't care. Uh, (laughs) Because I also felt like this is a guy who doesn't suffer fools. And if he didn't feel that way, why would he ever need to make me happy? You know what I mean? So to be, that's a very long way of saying to be on the show with you guys who I uh, do respect and admire for doing voices and uh, have this much fun as a surprise and something I look forward to doing again. Awesome. Yeah, Thank you. That's, that's the only thing that's going to put go. video. That's video right there. That's, that's all we're going to And release. we're using that to get other great guests. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. on the real. Thank you, man. You're that welcome. was awesome. No, really appreciate that. That means more than you can imagine. Well, probably as much as you imagine. Probably means as much. Yeah, I, I'm very aware of how much it means. That's mostly why I said it. <laughs> it's it's the second. Uh, it literally is. a fake ego like us do. It's the second most meaningful thing anyone's ever said to me uh, since Gene Hackman invited me to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Hackman, Hackman. Damn it. Since Almost great. All right, thanks. Get out of here. Since you were Gene Hackman's date at the Golden Globe. <laughs> yeah, you noticed. Oh, thank you right, so much. Fellas, thanks, man. Look forward to the next one. Take Appreciate it, guy. Bye-bye. Thank you, Kevin. Okay, I called bye-bye. him guy. I called you guy. <laughs> See you later. Yep. Thanks, man. I was going to say guy. <laughs>